from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Thursday, December 7th, 2023. Welcome to the show this morning. We've got a busy, busy show to wrap up this first week of December and really merely 17 days away from Christmas and just 24 days from the end of this year. And, and if you believe it, you believe it. And if you don't, it's, it's we're, we're getting ready to welcome 2024. This year has just flown by. And so with that being said, um, I will say I was at FutureCon yesterday, did a great panel with, with so many uh, awesome uh, individuals. And if you were there, uh, thank you so much for attending and being part of an event that Kim Hakim and her team at FutureCon put together a phenomenal sold out event. I mean, it's rare that the last panel of the day is is you you can't see an empty chair in Atlanta typically, and there was no empty chairs. It was standing room, um, and it was it was absolutely magnificent. So thank you to Kim and the team at FutureCon for putting together such a magnificent event in Atlanta. With that being said, though, let's go ahead and get started on our morning show. So we've got a lot to talk about today. Join me for a coffee cup. Cheers. My double espresso, whatever you're drinking, put it in the comments. Let me know. Coffee cup. Cheers. Perfecto. That's what Italians would say. We kick off this morning with sad news over the weekend of the passing of the world's first CISO, Stephen Katz. For those who don't know, Stephen Katz was became the first CISO in history in 1995 when Citicorp named him to the newly created role. He's been a mentor, a outspoken innovator in the world of uh, of, of cybersecurity. Um, really, he's done a whole lot for so many people in this industry. Um, he's mentored many. If you've had a chance to ever meet him, he's humble. Um, he's warm. He's attentive. Um, you can sit in a room with him and you can have 50 people in the room. But if you're speaking to, 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 to the late Mr. Katz, uh, you felt like you were the only person in the room speaking with him. And so uh, what a significant loss for many practitioners um, as we lose the person who really started the tradecraft of chief information security officer for one of the largest and most respected financial institutions in the world. Um, so Stephen Katz uh, passed away, and that's uh, really our thoughts are with the community, um, all of his family and friends um, as they mourn his uh, his passing. So there's that. We'll kick off um, and really get into some cyber news here where a U.S. senator yesterday revealed that government agencies worldwide are demanding mobile phone notification records from Apple and Google users to spy on their users. This is coming after U.S. Senator Ron Wayden, who serves on the Senate Intelligence Committee, sent a letter to the DOJ warning that various governments around the world have been requesting push notification data from two major tech companies. The goal of these requests is likely to gain access, is likely to, gain access to data required to link users with specific accounts or devices. Wayden said he received a tip about the government's requesting this data back in 2022. His office has been investigating the matter for the past year. Push notification for many of you who know are those notifications you get on your phone, whether, you know, and, and, and really the back end to that is either Firebase by Google or Apple push notification service. Well, app developers must use either one of those two if they want to send you a notification on your device. Data collection links helps link devices to Apple and Google accounts so you could be anonymous on an app but they can essentially get the uh, notification and match the two. 
Uh, Wade then has asked the DOJ to allow the two companies to share more details regarding this practice. Uh, Apple and Google should be permitted to be transparent about it. And that goes to the fact that if they're keeping this logs with these notifications, don't be surprised when threat actors actually understand that and start to take advantage of it. It's that line between when government uses it for their purposes and threat threat actors finding a way to abuse it for their purposes. That line is, 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 is a left turn lane somewhere. It's interchangeable. It's, it's that middle lane that you could turn left on from either side of the road. Interchangeable. Navy contractor Austell, a USA is confirming a cyber attack after a data leak. Austell USA, which is a shipbuilding company and a contractor for the DOD and DHS, confirmed it suffer, suffered a cyber attack and is currently investigating the impact of the incident. The company is based in Australia. They specialize in high-performance aluminum vessels. Its American subsidiary, Austell USA, is under contract for multiple programs that include building independence-class literal combat ships for the U.S. Navy, which are 127 meters long vessels at a cost of $360 million per unit. They were awarded a $3.3 billion contract for building 11 patrol cutters for the U.S. Coast Guard. Earlier today, the Hunters International Ransomware and Data Extortion Group claimed to have breached Austell USA and leaked some information for proof of their intrusion. Uh, in responding to a, a request for comment from Bleeping Computer, spokesperson said that they recently discovered a data incident. They were quick to mitigate the incident, resulting in no impact to operations. FBI and NCIS were promptly informed and remain involved in investigating the cause of the uh, situation and the extent the information was accessed. No personal or uh, classified information was accessed or taken by the threat actors. They're working closely to continue to involve stakeholders impacted by the incident as they learn more and more information. They didn't say if they gain access to engineering schematics or other proprietary U.S. Navy technology. And a lot of times these things are, are, are separated. So these guys could be building the frame of the, um, they could be building, uh, they could be building the frame of the ship, but not really all the technology that goes into the ship. So just taking that into uh, proportion there is really important. So there's that as well so at this moment in time um we don't know all the information here but we sure know that it's um, um gonna get dicey here as the naval ships have been targeted in the red sea the, just this week talked about it on a monday show um where over the last weekend the houthi yemeni rebels attacked a bunch of naval ships and commercial ships so you can bet that maybe one or the two are connected Nissan for their end are investigating a cyber attack and a potential data breach. The Japanese car maker is investigating a, a cyber attack on its systems in Australia and New Zealand, which may have let attackers access PII. Details of the attack have not been published, but the company informed customers of its Nissan Oceana division of a potential data breach, warning them that there is risk of scams in the upcoming day. A statement from the company published on nissan.com.au and nissan.co.nz websites informs that systems of the Australian and New Zealand Nissan Corporation and financial services have been subject to a cyber incident. They're working with their global incident response team and relevant stakeholders to investigate the extent of this specific attack. Government agencies in both Australia and New Zealand uh, are on site investigating and helping, but mostly uh, Australia loves to investigate. Um, uh, <laughs> love it. 
Academic researchers are disclosing a new type of attack targeting modern CPUs from Intel, AMD, and ARM. The attack has been named SLAMD, which stands for the Spectre based on the linear address masking. It was discovered by researchers at uh, VU-SAC, the Systems and Network Security Group at VU Amsterdam University in the Netherlands. The researchers' goal was to demonstrate that upcoming hardware-based security features such as Intel's linear address masking and AMD's upper address ignore and ARM's top byte ignore, which should enable the implementation of fast security checks, can actually increase the surface for Spectre attacks, which is one of the original CPU vulnerabilities which can expose sensitive information from memory, like encryption keys if they're stored there and passwords to uh, specific side channel accounts. They were able to demonstrate their findings by developing an end-to-end Spectre exploit targeting LAM on an upcoming Intel processor. The exploit focuses on more recent Spectre BHI attack variants, which bypasses some of the hardware mitigation implementations in response to the original Spectre and abuses various gadgets in the latest Linux kernel to leak the root password hash from kernel memory within just mere minutes. Um, Arm has published an advisory informing customer about the attack, but noted that existing mitigation for Spectre version 2 and Spectre BHI should prevent exploitation. There is a technical paper, and you can see that in the show notes. Go and check that out there as well. Atalesian is patching a critical RCE flaw across multiple of their products. All issues are a critical security score of at least 9.0 out of 10. It's based on internal assessments. However, the company is advising companies to evaluate the applicability according to their IT environment. That's refreshing. That's new. It's also 100% correct. Just because something is a 9.0 doesn't mean it's a 9.0 for you. How are you using it? What data is there? How important is it? And so forth. Multiple CVEs on this one. So there's uh, four different CVEs. CVE 2023 5241 and CVE 2022-1471. These are template injection flaws that allow authenticated user, including those with anonymous access, to inject unsafe input into Confluence that has a severity score of 9.0. A privileged RC and asset discovery agent impacting Jira, service management, cloud, server, and data center, that's a critical 9.8 severity score. And a bypass of Blocklist and macOS GetCapers on the companion app for Confluence server and data center for macOS impacting all versions of the app prior to 2.0.0 that has a 9.6 and RCE in the Snake YAML library impacting multiple versions of Jira, Bitbucket, and Confluence products, a 9.8 severity score. All of those have been addressed with the latest upgrades. You can see all of that in the show notes, so go check it out there as well. A story we talked about yesterday on the panel at FutureCon was this. 50% of CISOs are saying that they plan to reduce headcounts in 2020. 47% of the respondents plan to reduce their security headcounts. A new report by Observed has revealed. Remarkably, 62% of these organizations already reported the highest number of security incidents per month. The organizations planning to reduce cybersecurity headcounts are also planning to lower infrastructure spending, according to the survey. The report by Observed, an observability company, is based on a survey of 500 full-time security decision makers and practitioners conducted by Site Research. In general, there is a shortage of cybersecurity professionals as they are in high demand. Because of the growing number of security-related events, the recent workforce study from ISC Squared um, noted that cybersecurity workforce shortage has grown to a record high of just under 4 million. Almost all surveyed organizations are prioritizing security observability, according to the report, uh, and observability borrows concepts from uh, uh, to enable security operations team to understand risks and incidents in a more holistic way way according to observe which you know paid for part of the survey so it's it's kind of really important and, and to take kind of the idea of it a lot of it has to do with automation 
And so where they're looking to reduce headcount is primarily in automation. Just keep that in mind. And a new Bluetooth flaw lets attackers take over Android and iOS, Mac, Linux, macOS, and iOS devices, CVE 2023-45866 to issuers related to a case of authentication bypass that enables attackers to connect to susceptible devices and inject keystrokes to achieve code execution at the as the victim. Multiple Bluetooth stacks have authentication bypass vulnerabilities that permit an attacker to connect to discoverable hosts without user confirmation and inject keystrokes. That's according to uh, security researcher Mark Newland, who disclosed the flaws to software vendors in August of this year. Specifically, the attacks deceives the target device into thinking it's connected to a Bluetooth keyboard by taking advantage of an unauthenticated pairing mechanism that's defined in the Bluetooth specification. It's worth it's worth pointing out that the attack does not require any specialized hardware and can be performed from a Linux computer using a regular Bluetooth adapter. It affects a wide range of devices running Android, going back to the version 4.2.2, which was released in November of 2012. So the advisory uh, uh, is out for this as well, with uh, some mitigation and others not so much. That's it for our show this morning. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in. Really appreciate all your support. Make sure to subscribe, share. Uh, just so y'all know, uh, if you're not getting notifications, that's because we are getting banned, shadow banned on LinkedIn and on YouTube. Um, so if, if following us on our Substack, um, going to X um, would, would probably be the two places where you likely will not encounter uh, any of our uh, uh, shadow banning that we're seeing with some of these major platforms, uh, especially over the last week, um, we've experienced a bunch of shadow banning and uh, people reporting our page for a whole slew of reasons. Uh, um, so uh, we are dealing with that. Um, I've seen some of your comments here. Um, and so I just want to point that out to many of the people tuning in now here late. So that's it for our show today. We'll be back Monday, 9 a.m. with all the latest and greatest. And, and tomorrow, a very special episode with my friends from Pantera. Uh, don't miss that. That'll be airing at 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern tomorrow with all the latest and greatest there. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.